Are you ready? Wanna, yes. Did you go Do a show? Right yeah. on. Let's rock we it. We got our hands up high, the feet down low, and that's the way we jiggle low. Hey, Sebastian. Josh. You're supposed to say, yeah. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. Today is episode 660, and we are recording live on January 19th, 2022. I am going to be your host today, Josh Walnrith. I will annoy the hell out of him, Jeremy Helstrom. I will occasionally I'm... speak. But hey, we're going in oh. reverse. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Clock. What is the, I don't know what I'm saying. The inverse order. Contrapositive. Counterclockwise is what I was trying to say. Why not? I, I, was, I wanted you to bet cleanup, though, so that's kind of what I was trying to jump in. But anyway, mm. you go. I already went. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be Brett tonight, uh, and I'm not going to annoy Josh. That's that's too late. You've all... <laughs> you've all okay, I'm going to annoy Josh. Okay. You know, maybe we should hey. work on this before. I mean, it's only like we've had 10 or 15 minutes ah. of uh, talking about it to figure things out. But obviously... Not important. You know what? If you'd like to subscribe to our email updates at pcpro.com slash subscribe, you will be alerted to wonderful things like this, the live show, which is not edited. Henceforth, the live content connotation. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you will be alerted to this. Your 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 email will not be sold to uh, x10.com. Are they even around anymore? Good question. We never did make any money selling those emails to X10 anyway, so that's why we stopped. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's a live session. You can uh, join in. You can you can join an IRC. You can join in the YouTube. You can join a Discord. We have all of the ways to communicate with each other. And it's so fantastic that you'll want to do it again and again and again. It's better than cats. Mm. Anyway, Josh, I think you're you're running the IRC right now. I don't have a link to that, so I actually took the original old IRC link off of the. Uh, yeah, no, we're we're just on page. Game Surge now and okay. uh, Channel Pound PC Per. We're there. We're we're growing back again. Some cool. of the old regulars are coming back, and Jeremy's there. So that's uh, you know. That's a positive. I don't know what happened to the old one, but uh, yeah, it's registered to me now, and we can go from there. Yep. IRC. It's not dying much. Hashtag blame Ken. <laughs> yeah. That, that is. Yeah. We can always blame Ken. He was a young intern once, and now he's an old intern, but he's at Still least gainfully employed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can, you can help support the site and the podcast distribution by heading over to patreon.com slash pcper and become a Patreon. Oh, well, a patron on Patreon. A patron of the arts. Because somehow, this is art. That's what it says in the script. Yes, it does, yeah. it does say that. We've got a couple yeah. of new uh, Patreon patron members this week that we want to have a, uh, a big clap go out to. Caleb of Cascadia. That's kind of an interesting name, Caleb of Cascadia. Thank you very much. Uh, I think there's he, like he's a big gang, fan. He's a big fan a of that sign fault to throw line in there. I don't, I don't understand the ca- and, uh, Pete, subduction zone. The Cascadian throw, I guess. Um, uh, and mm. Pete, a great guy. And I didn't say that. 
purposefully quickly. He sort of sent it with an underscore. So my interpretation of his name was to just say it really quickly. Peter, great guy. Thank you very much for your generous, generous donation and patronage. Uh, and I just want to mention seriously upping their game once again for like third time in a row. Third time. I mean, if I could just have like lasers come out of my fingers in post, like, you know, Emperor Palpatine style or something. Because no, uh, this dream. is Sir. Yeah, it is. Sir Bugative of uh, Fabrication Labs mm-hmm. uh, is uh, on the scoreboard once again. Sir Bogative. Scoreboard once again Bogative. for upping his game. Is he He's just using money for this. attention now? Is that what this is? I, just I'm throwing say, money at us. I'm going to say yes. There's praise nothing him. wrong with that. I love it. I will say Sabogative. Oh. Every day, if you would like. Sabogative. <laughs> Sabogative. Do, 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 do. Sabogative. Do, 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 do. Anyway. Yeah. You know what? Uh, after all of that, now comes the most important time of the week. The ah. time where my wife slams doors behind me. And I wash out my face because it's way too bright here. Let's let's turn this down. A little better. Now you can see okay. my the motley color of, of my skin and my unhealthy reflection. In uh, anyway, uh, hence the unhealthiness. It's the burger of the week, and today was was something of an interesting one that I've I've never. You know, I, I hear that. In certain religions, you're not supposed to mix meat types in in meals. Well, this this just flies in the face of all of that. This burger, and it is a burger, there is a quarter pound patty below that chicken breast, which is then covered by two slices of American cheese, which is then covered by Thousand Island dressing. All squished in between sesame seed bun with nicely uh done fries i don't know what this is called but it's tasty and it's extremely filling <laughs> and um i probably will only live about five years after this and you may laugh now but it's 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 likely true i really need to do something more with my life than eat burgers on wednesday especially ones that are covered with cheese and thousand island dressing and fried chicken breasts and ground beef amazing though it's just amazing fries yeah it was tasty it went down very easily i i hear there are some some stories and news that we we should be talking about and one in particular that dropped today and um perhaps has not hit the note that uh, if we could pause here momentarily while we <laughs> so Sebastian hey, I, I hear that that there was there was a release today a somewhat controversial release from a certain red company unless you're talking about their CPUs then it's a green company otherwise known as amd and the 6500 xt hey remember when the 5500 xt launched i think it was like three years ago now two and a half years ago 
Mm-hmm. It was just this underwhelming card, but it wasn't too expensive. It was 169 at launch. It wasn't any faster than like a 580. It which wasn't faster than a 570. Yeah. And so and those were yeah. really cheap at the time. You could get those for like 129 bucks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Four gig five seventy. Yep. So it was just this meh product. People thought it was a little overpriced. But it was interesting because it was a mobile part that was put on a board that you could install on your desktop. And it was only a by four interface, I think, or is that one by eight? I think that one was by eight. I think it was by eight. So fast forward to today, January 19, 2022, at 9 a.m. Eastern. The review embargo lifted on the RX 6500 XT. And we didn't have a launch review, not because we didn't get a card. I got a card last night. So I uh, only had a few hours to get a review done, and I'm still in the middle of it. So let's look at Tech Power Up, who did an excellent job with their launch coverage. They got the Asus RX 6500 XT Tough Gaming. This is a partner-only launch, so you won't see that reference card that's in every picture. Apparently, the AMD didn't make that. It's just a render or something. But let's talk about the specs. We know the size. It's tiny. 107 millimeters squared. It's it's the new entry-level RDNA 2 chip. 16 compute units. That means 1,024 GPU cores. That's one GPU core for every pixel. horizontal pixel. Of your old CRT. Hmm. Uh, hmm. But here's here's the thing. The memory. The memory bus. It's 64-bit memory bus. Wait, that in 2022? In 2022. 64-bit? Do, you know, do you know the last time mm-hmm. I, I, I saw 64-bit memory bus heralded as a positive? Oh, no. Oh. No, no. Before Before that. Mm. Yeah, 128 bit was was kind of the uh, the go to, but like that was that was S3 type stuff had a 64 bit bus. I mean, even like you know a Voodoo Graphics had two buses, and I think they were 32 bit, so it was 64. But when nice. you got to the uh, you got to the uh, Voodoo Two, then you had three chips, and you had yeah, you, you know, a lot more bandwidth then. It was EDO DRAM back in the day, but I think it was 32 bit for three chips. And then, yeah, uh, 128 was was the the minimum for like the the Reva 128. Uh, other cards of that genre, the uh, the Rage 128 from uh, ATI, uh, Banshee. 128 bit, and then you had you know the original GeForce. I think it was 256 bit, and then they went to DDR on that as well. So, yeah, it's been a while since 64 uh, bit was uh, considered a performant memory bus technology. And that was a, that's the thing hampering the current generation of RDNA two cards is the memory bus width, which is 256 bits for the highest end cards. But that's made up for with the Infinity Cache, or else I don't think they'd be competitive. Infinity Cache was this well, brilliant fix for the problem of memory bandwidth. True, but they also had an enormous amount of clock speed on this particular card that they thought maybe would make up for it to some well, extent. Yeah, I mean, they, they've done amazing things to make a card with a 64-bit memory interface. Uh, this Even this good. And it, it has 
infinity cache, but it's only 16 megabytes. So, I mean, maybe that's enough considering there's only four gigabytes of frame buffer. So, and of course, with all of this power, they didn't see the need to put it on any more than a by four. PCIe four. To me, this is this should have been one of those little half height cards with like an adapter, so you could put it in a full size if you uh, wanted to. GT seven ten. Yeah, like a seven ten, <laughs> like a ten thirty, something like that. Something not yes. too expensive to give you a display output. It has two of them. I mean, you could run two monitors off of this thing if you really oh. wanted to for two hundred dollars. Display port and one's an HDMI. Oh my. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Here's they have a little chart here in the Tech Power Preview showing you launch pricing. And just to give you an idea, oh, that's not really launch pricing. I think the 580 was less than 300 at launch, wasn't it? Maybe not. No, uh, I think I think it, at launch it was, but it quickly okay. went down to 179. But here it shows the 5500 XT at $350. It was 169 at launch. So I I don't I don't know. I guess that's real world pricing. Maybe. Yeah, because I've got a 2060 Super at $800 and a 5600 oh, yeah. at 950 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess this is the world we live in right now. So they're saying, hey, the 6500 XT is going to be 350 street price, even though the MSRP is 200 The card mm. that Sapphire sent that we are borrowing for the time being has an MSRP of only 199 So we'll see if that's just new egg shuffle only or if you'll ever see it for that anywhere. Yeah, but, we live in upside down world. Yeah, right now, mm-hmm. and it's and it's sad. I mean, because <clears throat> this doesn't perform any better. In fact, it probably performs a little worse in most things than a fifty five hundred XD. It certainly performs yep. worse than a five seventy XD. And yeah, it, you could have picked up an RX five eighty for one hundred seventy nine dollars. Well, not to mention mm-hmm. when they had the fire sale of the Vega fifty six for that around- would have been a good buy. How much was that? Was, did it go down to two hundred and fifty dollars? Or was it yes, less? I, it was so. like I remember yeah, two seventy nine, like but that was before any kind of rebate deals or anything. I think yeah, that was one yeah, of my no, picks I think, of the I week think, a couple years ago. Yeah. It probably was, but yeah, I think that went down to like two fifty. But that you know, those are the salad years of video card pricing, where you know you could actually pick something up for exceptionally dirt cheap, and be able to just play games, and not only that, but still play games. Because you had eight gigs of uh, frame buffer, so you could actually run things at at high to ultra, depending on the title, as compared to four gigs, which you're stuck at 1080 medium, maybe high, depending on the application. And yeah, Infinity Cache helps. Yes, you you do have GDDR6 uh, running, you know, at, at a fast speed at at uh, 64 bit and you have a core clock with the infinity cache at 2.8 gigahertz which is pretty impressive for a GPU but it's it's only just kind of nipping at at that performance level and at 199 <clears throat> in 2022 one would expect that kind of performance to be a $100 video card and it just yeah. simply is not because of factors of manufacturing, competitive landscape, crypto, all of these things. It's it's 199 and it's going to go higher for other partner cards, you know, 259 and potentially above. We don't know yet. Uh, but you know, the positive thing about this 
if you absolutely do need a video card, you should be able to pick one up in the next month of one of these around what they consider MSRP. In theory, we haven't found this out yet for sure, but things are looking good in terms of supply. Uh, it's a tiny chip. It's like 107 millimeter square. I mean, this is one of the smallest GPUs that we've seen in ages. Is, and, isn't it a laptop uh, you know, part? Isn't it converted from a laptop? Well, um, I, think, I think it's essentially a mobile part, yeah. and it's yeah. it's going to be repurposed for that as well in the future. But, you know, for the time being, they are putting them out in uh, desktop graphics and uh, selling them as such, and people will buy them because desperation knows no bounds. For a uh, quick price to performance comparison, um, Sebastian, you were saying this is very close to a 1650. Did you? Is that your gut feel on this, or a, is it a five, uh, 480 kind of level performance? What was your like? Gut Why don't we look at some it? of these delightful charts? Okay, delightful. Here. It often sandwiches <laughs> itself in between a 1650 and a 1650 super. Wow, what a place and to a variety be! Of what a time to be alive. <clears throat> Here's <clears throat> Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, DirectX 12, and. I don't know what settings they're using here. It doesn't say. I'm assuming medium, high. Uh, highest detail it's settings. Leading, it's leading the pack. Uh, it's the bottom of the pack, but they put Not it at the sure. top. Yeah, but it's, but it's the top leading. of the chart. It's so. the top, yes. It's the top um, worst performing card. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm impressed um, that they were comparing mean. it against the four gigabyte versions of some of these cards, like the four gigabyte version of the RX 570, for example, which is. Oh, there is a four gigabyte 1650 Super. Huh. Yeah. So the, the 6500 XT in this game managed 27 and a half FPS. Hmm. Whereas an RX 570. Four gigabyte was about a frame per second faster. Sixteen fifty super was a couple frames per second faster. The ten sixty six gigabyte was thirty three fps, so that's like six frames per second faster. Painful. It, it's painful. And then above that, the fifty five hundred XT four gigabyte Ooh. from a couple oh. years ago, thirty four point three fps. So. <clears throat> You can't just blame it on the frame buffer. The 5500 XT is faster with four gigabytes of memory, at least in this game. But I think you'll find this is kind of kind of par for the course with this grab, card. Grab another random game. Let's just see. Yeah, if let's look at another game, Valhalla. And, you know, it doesn't scale particularly well. Yeah, let's not even look at higher resolutions. <laughs> you don't want to play a higher <laughs> resolution. Can we not? Can, can All right, we let's, not? let's look at uh, uh, like, Battlefield like Far 5. Cry, Battlefield 5 or Far Cry, yeah. Okay, Battlefield 5. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look it's it's it not is. as bad. It's too bad. Yeah, often it'll sit right about there. So this right, is like this is Frostbite three. I think it's a little bit more optimized for AMD, right? Like ninety FPS is extremely playable. Yeah, ninety four FPS. Yeah, and they use DX eleven. So okay. I and I think this actually is pretty pretty good for a DX eleven ten eighty like medium to high gaming card actually, which has been. Yeah, but yeah. once you get to the higher resolutions. Take a look at that on. Yeah, we'll have to you. Because an older game. Okay, let's look at Far Cry Five. That's an older game. Yep. And that's yep. the X11. And here it is. It's not at the bottom anymore. Eighty-two point six FPS. 
and that is much faster than an RX 570. That's only 64 it's, FPS. It's closing in on that RX 5500, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still below an RX 5500 XT. And, yeah, but I was. I forget I said that. Yeah, a, a, a couple, a couple of years later, it's slower than the card that was cheaper at launch. It's just it kind of blows my mind. Uh, it doesn't scale with resolution as well. It doesn't have the memory bandwidth. No, it it's just, just the wrong way. I don't know if yeah. you know what to look at here. I, oh, Red games Dead that I usually Metro. cast, I'm looking at just out yeah, of curiosity. Metro. Metro Exodus. Here it is. Uh, just above a 1650 Super, actually. So it's getting about a frame per second, a little bit less than a frame per second, more than a 1650 Super. Finally whooping up Whoa, on that. Whoa, and it's faster than the 5500 XT. Yes. 57 versus 55 fps in this one test wow it can well, beat an rx 580 and a 5500 xt so to pick the right game yep that's all so yeah it's uh, a little <clears throat> underwhelming oh and there's also yeah. no like uh video uh codec support i guess i don't know oh, that's yeah it, it doesn't it has limited encode and uh, it doesn't yeah. support AV1 decode. No AV1. A couple other things. Yeah. We, so, I mean, they, they, they've chopped this chip down um, and the bus. tremendously. And the bus, the bus. but of course. Yeah. But, but you know, they, they, they took a lot of features out. And, uh, you know, this is also a workstation card chip, uh, which is interesting. But, you know, it's, it's what AMD is doing. Uh but yeah, they, they they cut a lot of things out to get that die size down. And this is the first six nanometer uh, graphics card. Well, second. Uh, there's a, a different uh, one there. I can't remember the MI something uh, being used in like the Frontier supercomputer. That's the first six nanometer chip. Uh, but it was done limited production. And uh, this one is their higher production chip uh, that they're releasing out today so yeah it's uh it's one of their first uh, consumer available six nanometer chips uh it's about 15 percent smaller than seven nanometer uh even though a lot of the design rules are the same so it's supposedly easier to you know port a over a a product onto six nanometer and get it running faster and still be able to get that uh die size improvement uh 15 is 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 reasonable and when you've got 107 millimeters square, uh, you can fit a lot of these on a 12-inch wafer, and that's kind of what AMD is is aiming to do, especially in this in this marketplace, yeah, because nobody yeah. nobody has a working <clears throat> graphics card at $200 that you can buy brand new with a warranty. Nobody, you can find stuff on eBay used. Uh, every once in a while, you can get a 1660 or 1650 for 300 plus dollars from Newegg New. But other than that, it's it's um, yeah. I mean, they're they're milking the market. Uh, I mean, that's not dumb by them. It hurts as a consumer, but if you're building a new machine and you absolutely need a need nude need a graphics card. Or your new. This is one in theory that that you could buy here in the next couple of weeks. All right, we have beat the crap out of this one. No, we haven't. We mm. haven't gotten. We're not done yet because there's one other thing. About all right, all right. That buy four connection 
tech power up also looked at relative performance uh well just performance in general they had all the same games but they sh- they they punished themselves by testing the card at different pcie revisions so that you don't have to and the relative performance the final page here the the sum of all the previous tests if you use the pcie 4.0 as your baseline 100 percent it went down to 87% across all tests if you drop to a PCIe Gen 3, and it dropped to 66% if you drop down to PCIe version 2.0. So if, so if you're nursing that FX8350 and yep. you insert this card, you're, you know you're really, even with an 8350, you're, you're limiting your performance. Can you imagine buying a brand new card in 2022 I just I can't get past well, first off, the memory ban that's the memory bus width. Well, I know I can't imagine buying a new card in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, just somebody can. Pretty much where it ends for that, sadly. Unless you live by a micro center, then then you could okay. go and buy a card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> moving along, I hear that uh, Microsoft is uh, snapping up yet another major studio slash developer slash publisher hr complaint yes it's it's rising to antitrust levels bethesda <laughs> was not enough for microsoft they needed they to go to activision blizzard king yep. yeah candy crush candy, not candy like crush. it wasn't in, installed automatically on on windows 10 when it was released hmm Jeremy, take it away. Get out uh, the hammer. $68 billion, which, of course, for Microsoft is, you know, just jump change that they can toss at anything they feel like. But it's it. they really did buy a giant HR complaint. There's a, a lot of people upset at Blizzard right now, so it's maybe beneficial for them not to be called that anymore. Uh, I mean, certainly no other companies recently have tried that to see if it distracts people. But uh, they're sort of saying that uh, it's going to get rolled into the existing uh, Microsoft gaming uh, Borg. So they're not really going to keep it very separate. They're probably going to keep at least any of the employees from Blizzard that haven't quit or are not planning on quitting. And the, the thing is that it makes it insanely huge. Like, Microsoft Game Pass and their store now becomes an obscene monster. I mean, altogether, they're probably well over 15% of the market, which is just, you know, a little bit absolutely crazy. And so we're going to get new launches of old games, uh, as they tend to like to do. And, I mean, I don't think this means that, hey, you're going to get Warcraft 4 anytime soon. Uh, but I bet you you'll get another WoW expansion. So it's just, it, it's not my favorite thing to happen today. No, not at all. I mean, um, they're, they're developers, publishers, whatever. I mean, they're 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 all congregating into these groups, and we've got EA Origin, got you know Steam trying to serve everybody. Now we've got Microsoft who bought up Bethesda and Blizzard Activision. I mean, that's the Ubisoft is still out there kind of by themselves, sort of. Even though I think that I think didn't 
didn't Activision buy a significant amount of their shares? I can't remember. But um, competitive purposes, it's not great for consumers because if you want to play your titles and if Microsoft goes this way, then it's going to be PC, Xbox, and possibly even Xbox-only stuff. Oh, uh, Josh, what about titles. having Blizzard Activision stuff folding in under Game Pass now? Yeah, that will happen. That's going to happen. That's not, not a bad deal. It, no, it's not a terrible deal, but we'll see how that evolves. Will they sure. say, you know what? You know, We've got enough people hooked on this Game Pass. Yes. We need to start ramping up the pricing on this. Yeah. Because oh, I mean, set up a few more know, we're, just, we're just not making enough money on it. The, the catalog just they're getting a lot, a lot of value, and we can't have value. Yeah, <laughs> we can't have that much of it. That's a lot hey, of value. Look what Nintendo no, did. Value. Nintendo that. added more <laughs> classic consoles, as in a handful of games. Yeah. That service skyrocketed in price. So if you want okay, everything, so. you're paying a lot more than the original monthly price. Or annual so price. It was yeah. like twenty dollars a year, and now it's up to like six. So they've tiered tripled pricing. It. Tiered pricing. That's could be what okay. I'm expecting. Okay, yeah. especially yeah. for the WoW, because mm-hmm. oh, you mm-hmm. want to play more sense. than hundred hours a month? That's that going to cost wow. you. Yep. Yeah, I bet that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's that's you know, MBAs get in charge of things, and they ruin everything. As far as I'm concerned, MBAs they're the <laughs> worst. <laughs> They, they yeah. try to actually, you know, maximize everything and they end up pushing away more consumers and then they try to maximize more, which only means raising prices for the people who are still left. So that's, that's just, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm not happy about this. I, I'd like some more individuality, some, some firewalls in between. You know, publishers, console makers, OS operators, all those people. But that's not the world we're living in. Money talks, suckers walk, but they still can't touch my three lock box. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait, go ahead. No, go I was going to say go Microsoft ahead. has shown a reasonable way of caretaking their game systems. And I, I actually honestly think that they're going to be a reasonable caretaker of everything that they have just bought. But I would agree with you, Josh, that you'd prefer to have this branched out to a lot of different companies. But Activision Blizzard was in a little trouble. We talked about that at the head of this with uh, some scandals that were going on and maybe the CEO is leaving. So, oh, he's definitely leaving. Okay, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Um, Microsoft has in the clearly shown a a penchant for being able to to care relatively well for the, some of their properties. Uh, they're now under a little bit. I read just recently they're under a little bit less pressure to turn uh, with Warzone. You know, they don't have to turn Halo into Warzone anymore. They just bought Warzone, so yeah. Please don't true. ruin Halo anymore. Crossover. That was it crossover sure yeah i mean you you might be able to see some of that stuff so i'm not a big microsoft fan but they've actually shown a pretty good ability to to care for their properties jury's still out obviously we'll see and uh this is not a done deal 
So there, there, there's, there's going to be some oversight. It's true. And we'll see what happens. Jeremy, another day, another hack. Welcome, sis yeah, just Joker. A, the, the, the good news Are they a Joker? Not stop. Are they a Stoker? Are they a Midnight Joker? Joker? Oh. Obviously, I listen to different music. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, So this is a remote access Trojan that was spotted by some security researchers that were just trying to monitor some odd traffic that was happening on a fairly major server. They sort of discovered that, wait a second, there there is definitely something here that's been completely written from scratch uh, in C++. It didn't it doesn't share DNA with any of the other uh, viruses out there now, which of course means that your AV scanner is not picking it up. It's not something that it's been trained to notice. Uh, so when we were looking at it, um, they, the command and control servers were, they've managed to get into it to sort of figure out, okay, where's the server coming from? Oh, it's referencing an encrypted Google doc, which was then, referencing a different command and control server, which changed four times while they were investigating it. So it's obviously being completely, it's being actively monitored as well. So then they started seeing, okay, well, what else can this do? And this is the one most wonderful part about it is that this will run on an Apple. This will run on a Linux machine. This will run on a Windows machine. It runs on just about everything. And while I do tend to support multi-platform support in this case, I'm definitely making an exception because that's kind of a little bit terrifying. So they're working on it. Uh, Virus Total has been alerted to this and they're trying to figure out how to track it and uh, get it to pop up. The good news is that anything that's this sort of well-designed and that closely monitored is probably targeted. Uh, They're going to be going after specific servers, specific places. That's not to say you aren't going to end up with it because you hooked up to one of them, but uh, the chance of it just sort of randomly appearing on your machine are fairly low, which I guess is about the only good thing about this. Wow. It doesn't suck as hard as it could. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> 2022, fellas. This is our silver lining. It's worse. It could be worse. It could be raining. It could be log 4J, but it's not. Uh, AMD and Samsung have uh, revealed the Exynos 2200. It is a ARM-based processor with... Uh, with... <laughs> RDNA with 2. Look at all these uh, exciting numbers. RDNA, yes, RDNA 2. And I don't like x In a mobile uh, form. Not a great name. It's Exynos, right? Exynos? Exynos. Exclipse. The x Eclipse. Eclipse. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, not it's bad. It's bad. Mm. Bad. It, maybe it's pronounced eclipse. You don't know. It's PR stuff. And you know, it's, don't you maybe it could be pronounced eclair, and it just yeah, goes down sweet. Yeah. Don't try and cut him any slack on this. <laughs> you, you just can't. I do like the history lesson here. ATI sold the graphics, the mobile graphics division, to Qualcomm that became Adreno. Adreno, Adreno, which is an oh. anagram of Radeon. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 So all this time, like a mobile, who's going to use graphics on a phone? Yeah, Qualcomm here, have this. We're desperate for money. Yeah. And now, yeah. all these years later, Adreno is still, generally speaking, the top performing graphics chip in mobile. AMD's back. Well, not it was ATI, but ATI, ATI is still ATI. 
It's just owned by AMD now. So yeah, look at these numbers though. It'll support 4K video decoding up to 240 FPS for some reason. 8K up to 60. Refresh rates up to 144. But as Jeremy noted, it's not really mentioned if it supports variable refresh. That's going to be like display yeah, well, integration dependent. Yeah, probably will. But HDR yeah. support. Yeah. But I mean, it's it sounds good. It's got one of those like one golden core, three you know high performance cores, four low performance like efficiency cores configurations. Cortex X two, A seven ten, and A five ten, and then five G modem, all kinds of stuff. But you know what we don't know? Thermals, battery life. That's going to depend on the implementation. Or how much VRAM? Yeah, when is it supposed to be available? I don't know. Whenever the uh, Galaxy S twenty two is available. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's YouTube. it's it's great that that we have a little bit more competition than just Adreno and Molly. And um, Samsung reached out to AMD, and and they, you know, let's let's hear it for uh, Custom Semi. Yeah. They're doing a good job. You know, getting into a, a form factor of, of minus, you know, less than five watts. 500 milliwatts. That's that's the average of a cell phone. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, and don't get too excited about this if you live in the U.S. Because that U.S. carrier version of the phone will still have a Snapdragon. You know, always a Galaxy launches and there's Snapdragon, whatever, in the U.S. And then the rest of the world gets the Exynos. Yep. Why do we always get trashed? Why? Trashed. Hey. <clears throat> it may make its way to upcoming Samsung flagship phones sold outside of the U.S. Fantastic. May. May. YouTube chat just wants to know if it's... They don't get shot. If, if it's better than the 6500 XT, it is. I mean, it's by far faster than the 6500 XT, even <laughs> sight unseen. Who cares if a 6500 XT is 75 watts? And, you know, this mobile part's going to smash it. Smash. smash! Yeah, no, it's it's not. So, hmm. Uh, Josh, I threw, you a couple, yeah, I threw you a couple of curveballs on this one. See if you wanted to pick them up yeah, to talk about yeah. it today. TSMC expansion 2022. So TSMC has had an exceptionally good couple of years. And a lot of this is due to multiple factors. One of which Intel has had problems manufacturing. Uh, Samsung has had problems manufacturing. Global Foundries has had extreme problems in manufacturing. And so the default manufacturer of many silicon chips has become TSMC, especially at the seven nanometer and now five nanometer node. Uh, in fact, between seven nanometer and five nanometer, it is a little over of half of their entire wafer starts are those two products. Uh, five nanometer is, is lagging behind seven nanometer, obviously, because seven nanometer is very, very popular. I mean, AMD's got it. Uh, other people have it, even NVIDIA. Uh, has it uh, Intel leverages it in certain products? All of these things coming together to have a lot of, of, of products out there, and, and uh, even uh, older cell phone stuff is seven nanometer. And now, you know, we are moving along to five nanometer. Apple has five nanometer products out, MediaTek, all of these guys. Um, 
I think uh, the the fifty nine billion dollars uh, a year that TSMC is making that's in Taiwan dollars. So don't get too excited, but that's still a significant amount of money, and they're reinvesting that in more production, and they are looking towards you know five nanometer, three nanometer, and eventually you know going into two nanometer, and they're claiming that three nanometer will launch later on this year but it's going to be very very much later this year as in december 2022 really yeah yeah no it's 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 um you know it's 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 still a little ways off there and uh sometimes they're a little bit more optimistic about uh volume in these yes they're they they probably are going to be producing three nanometer chips but the volume is not going to be there. I mean, right now the volume is going to be seven nanometer and five nanometer, and they're going to be moving over into, you know, where we're going to see six nanometer stuff, which is a size optimized seven nanometer. Five nanometer is more of the next generation process that uh, we're going to see more guys go over AMD uh, graphics, people probably Nvidia as well. Uh, they haven't had great luck with uh, Samsung uh, with their eight nanometer with our current stuff. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. TSMC is is ramping up. They've uh, spent a tremendous amount of money on expansion of their fabs. And uh, we're going to see that in places like Arizona, possibly in Europe. Um, you know, obviously Taiwan and in... I don't know if they have any fabs in China or not. It's an iffy subject. Uh, but anyway, if they do, That's they're going to be... Yeah, I, I think I think they do, but it's uh, uh, they're 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 older nodes that they do just because of treaties and security and things like that. So for right now, for Morsa, aka Taiwan, problem? what? Remember the water issue they were having in Taiwan? It seems like how could they continue to expand their production? Yeah, it's the know, rainy season now. So oh, okay, so it's fine. it's fine. Never mind. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. We, we've got cyclones and whatnot, you know, going over there, and and so water is is not as big a deal at this time <laughs> uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, but you know, eventually, dry season does come along, and uh, manufacturing is going to suffer because of it, because fabrication requires a lot of water, which is very strange. Why they're building fabs in Arizona? There you go. That's what I was going to ask next. I mean, the Colorado River <laughs> only has so many water rights that you can yeah. you can extract, and it's. Um, I mean, you got to do some recycling. You got to do other things to to do that to to get it all going right. Uh, but you know, places like you know Upper New York, they don't really have a water problem. I mean, Malta is Correct. surrounded by lakes. Yeah. And stuff, so it's it's not as big of a deal there. And they've got the rainfall, and they got the big rivers, and I mean they're right by the Hudson, so that's 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 uh, not as big of a deal as being in it. Arizona, which isn't <laughs> constant drought, it, but I could wash my chips <sighs> in it. Yeah, but you know, at least you know, in Arizona, I, I think they're kind of looking at it's seismically stable. And they can strong arm people enough to get enough water to do it. So, Hmm. and there's lots of sand. There is a lot of sand (laughs) in Arizona. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, TSMC. They're they're 
they're they are taking full advantage of the situation in pandemic uh the drop off of uh, manufacturing from their competitors, namely Samsung and uh, Global Foundries. Intel is having problems. Intel is leveraging TSMC for certain parts and they're running with it. And uh, they don't see um, wafer orders declining anytime soon through 2022. And from what we see with automotive graphics, CPUs, whatever, yeah, they're they're not going away anytime soon, and they're going to be full up, and they will be a force moving forward, just because of they made some right decisions at the right time, uh, especially with their seven nanometer, and then going on to five. They've done a lot of good things, and they are reaping the benefits, and they will be a factor from here on out because. Yeah, they every all orders go through TSMC for pretty much and, everything. And maybe maybe additional capacity here in 2022 to alleviate some of this horrible shortage in automotive and consumer electronics yeah. and CPUs and a certain GPUs amount. And I'm I'm hopeful it was, that was yeah. But uh, you know, all the guys are going to be catching up too and taking up some slack. I know Global Foundry is working on it. Samsung's working on it, and you know, Intel obviously they're they're constantly sure. trying to 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 you know make themselves a foundry for third parties, but that doesn't always work. But you know, in, in the long run, these other guys are offering products that will uh, fit the niche of of some of these automotive, and I mean that's the big mm-hmm. one right now yeah. is automotive stuff. So. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be cutting edge process technology. They just need, they just need the way for starts and they're going to get well, automotive this prefers, year. Uh, automotive yeah. tends to prefer the big jobs uh, or the big Older. processes because they're nodes and yeah. reliable. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it might and easier not. to cool, easier to cool. And they're in a, they're in hostile environments. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it's, it's all, it's all how you use it. It's not a moonshot, man. No, no, it is not. Uh, Will there be an NVIDIA CPU? Well, there already is an NVIDIA CPU. I mean, they've had their Denver stuff out there. And I mean, we've we've seen it with their their shield technologies. But uh, apparently NVIDIA Israel is hiring a tremendous amount of people uh, for next-gen CPU development. Now, interestingly enough, remember, Benias from Intel, uh, wasn't that initially developed at Intel Israel? Uh, there are a lot of CPU engineers, electrical engineers in Israel looking for work. And, uh, you know, they, they have a higher education system there at, uh, they're, they're a lot of students looking for options. And it seems like Nvidia is the latest to leverage this group of people. And currently, uh, they employ 2,800, and they're hiring hundreds more for CPU R&D. But don't worry. What was the, what was the guy's name? Uh, Muli, uh, Muli Diane, Muli from Intel. He was the yeah. big biased guy. Muli. The original, he, he, he then went you know quickly up the, the ranks, and then he's like, screw this. I'm out of here, and he left after the Ultrabook uh introduction he was on stage trying to drive but it wasn't driving 
Eden. Willie really Eden. Willie Eden. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're leveraging a design group. And uh, apparently they're moving more into CPU. So whether this be ARM based, which probably is, um, it's it's good to have multiple design groups uh, working off each other, and uh, you know, bringing new ideas into the fold. ARM has certainly done that with uh, multiple groups in Cambridge and in France and in Norway and in Austin. So um, you know, cross pollination of uh, ideas and. Uh, they're moving forward. Jeremy, what supply chain shortage? No, oh, apparently uh, there were around 340 million PCs sold over 2021, which, you know, is a, a rather impressive number considering how that, hard it is. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because you've got a lot of people uh, being driven by Windows 11. Uh, to move up to TPM 2.0, you've got uh, the leftover demand for uh, you know cheap desktops and corporations that are looking for remote machines and uh, just you know to get something in someone's hands to, for them to be able to work. So you've got a lot of orders that probably happened in 2020 that occurred in 2021. But regardless, that's 340 million is an impressive amount of shipments and. As you would expect, Lenovo pretty much kept their lead, uh, but one in every four machines sold is one of theirs. Not so much in North America, but definitely globally. And HP uh, continues to beat Dell, which is interesting. Uh, not by m as much. And then Apple doesn't even break 8%. Uh, so the, the huge, the, the overall market really didn't change much. Um, but... Uh, the amount that was sold did. Now, one thing they don't do is uh, neither IDC or their Gartner is uh, do total sales. So there's no monetary value attached. This is just simply the unit. So one that costs you $400 is the same as a $4,000 Apple machine. So when you look at it that way, the percentages will change a little bit, but yeah, obviously once again, uh, the desktop is dead because there weren't millions of them sold. That doesn't make any sense. And I am contractually obligated at this point to cheerlead for Apple. So yay, then, yay. <laughs> you know, Still around. them saying <laughs> selling 8% is, is an improvement because years ago it was, it was only 5%. I know. Oh, yeah. It was very, so, very low. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Clearly the Windows 11 pull is not uh, pulling. They're guzzling chips. that market share advances. <laughs> it's the power of the M1. <clears throat> yeah, Windows 11 you know, is not is, a pull on the M1. Yeah, as as impressive as the M1 is, I mean, it's still, it's still a an interesting niche market. I mean, especially I mean the Twitterati, you're on Twitter, and there's there's a lot of Apple people on there that 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 crow about their M1s, yeah. and then you go into the real world, and it's like, you guys have any apples in your shop? Mm, no. Um, no. Anyway, you try maybe even uh, my April. apples are all still Intel. Even my real apples which, are still Intel, which is which is odd because you're not even on Twitter. So I don't need to be yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're you're just you're, you're the original hip hipster Apple user. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, no, it's 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 still a robust time. Not as much as last year due to you know obvious reasons. Uh, especially 2020 was a massive uptick in. Uh, in, in PC, laptop, all of that. 
it slowed down a bit in 2021. Uh, still very strong though. And, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to move forward just because technology moves forward. And if you want a new GPU, you essentially have to buy a pre-built. Kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can, you can go on the shuffle, pay extra for that, you know, possibility to win. Get, get on AMD at uh, Thursday morning at, um, you know, 7.45 a.m. Mountain. Try to get one of their cards. Yeah, it's it's no. uh, it's great. Micro Center. Yeah, well, Micro Center. It's, it's, You're only going to pay 2x. That's, that's Micro Center's uh, tagline. <laughs> You're only going to pay 2x. What? Mm. It's, I'm not joking. What? What? Sebastian is not amused. Uh, I mean, look at him. He's got the 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 the, 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 the orange muffs just glow. Yes, brighter it's, when you. He's got the the visage of displeasure uh, about him. Yes, yes. Uh, let's do game update. Quick hits. Microsoft discontinues all Xbox One consoles. Oh, you're exponed. Oh, looking for a cheap outlet on the on the uh, Microsoft Xbox? Not going to have it anymore. Yeah. I got to admit, you know, for a media player and basic games, the Xbox Series S was a solid, solid <clears> product. <throat> and, uh, you know, it, I can't remember if it could play 4K. I think it could. I think the S could. Uh, Blu-ray 4K. And then the Series X, you know, up that to 4K, HDR, whatever. Um yeah, no, these were these were great consoles, and uh, especially consider the jump from the Xbox 360 with the Red Ring of Death and the issues they had with heat and solder balls. Uh, this was this was a this was a not exactly a game changer, but it was a game saver for Microsoft. Now the Series X. Mm-hmm. That's a next generation thing, and, and we can discuss that at a different date. But yeah, Xbox One Series X and S were they were solid products. Anybody else have anything to say about them? Buy one now if you want one, because the yeah. supply is it's in the chain right now. It's in the supply Twinning. chain. I can't believe that one this is news now when they're saying, "Yeah, we discontinued those at the end of 2020." So all of last year, they were no longer they were not being made, but. They were they still have a bit of a backlog in the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Warehouse. Some warehoused stock. Yeah. Warehouse. All right, Jeremy, get your games downloaded from Hundle, 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 Honda. 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 Blah, blah, blah. Humble. Bumble. Bundle. Humble. Honda bumble. bubble. The bumble? Yep. Yeah. No, you got to fear the bumble. Yeah, so uh, they're ch- Humble is changing their uh, subscription service uh, because they want you to have another game app installed on your machine because you don't have oh, enough right now. Yes, uh, so the, th- the three-tier system is gone. Uh, there's going to be like a $12 a month tier, uh, which gives you permanent access to the games released each month. But the thing is that if you had your old humble games collection we could just hop online to humble bundle and download at any time that's going away so if you want to hold on to the games you have right now in your uh, current humble bundle subscription download them now because eventually they're going to disappear 
and that kind of is annoying. So they're probably by the end of February is when they're going to do it, assuming things don't change because, you know, this is going to upset some people. Uh, it also has another wonderful consequence to it, which is that their game application will only run on Windows. And considering when Humble first started, they supported just about every OS on the planet. That is kind of a bit of a kick in the teeth for a lot of people um, who've depended on them as a source for their games. Now, it's Windows or else. They're, they're, they say they're keeping it DRM-free, though tying you to a platform is seems to be some sort of digital right management, at least in my mind. Uh, overall, uh, the bundle itself doesn't seem like it's going to change much. Uh, you're going to get about the same amount of games every month and be able to download them and probably keep them a little bit later. They're also adding something called the Humble Trove Collection, which is uh, roughly 80 old games that they just sort of toss out. If you're a subscriber, hey, you can have these. And so that's actually going to stay, and they say that they're going to make it with more more recent titles. But uh, as to exactly what that's going to be, we don't know. They've mentioned like Wizard of Legend and Void Bastards and a couple of others, which you know you may have heard of them before. You you may not have. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see just what the feedback is going to be because I have a feeling that a lot of their subscribers are going to be at least a little bit annoyed by this, and you know just. Dropping Linux support and Apple support is just, you know, it's baffling just to tie you to a launcher. Right, port the launcher to the other operating systems is that mm-hmm. freaking hard. Because, <clears throat> you know, I've got Steam, World of Tanks, Warships, Ubisoft, GOG Galaxy, Game Center, Amazon Lord Games, Lord. Origin, EA, Rockstar, Launcher. A- oh, man, that's uh, a lot. Just, I thought GOG would rule them all one day, but no. Really. Nope. no. I had high hopes. I really Battle.net. Battle.net. Minecraft. Yeah. Minecraft uh, launcher. Epic, Epic Games is going to rule the yeah. world. I mean, they've... they've, they've no. They've got, they, they just keep giving launch. you free games. So yeah, they're they're they keep on complaining about that. Buying all these exclusives. I'm pretty sure. Someday they'll make I money. missed Prey. I was pissed. I wanted to play that one. <laughs> no. It's a freebie. Maybe it'll so come it'll back come around, around again. again. Who knows? Prey, Prey was free. I missed that. Yep. Yeah. I missed that too. Yep. I missed it. That's how I got it. December. <sighs> oh, you well. got it? Yeah. Bastard. Jeremy did. This not, wasn't a horrible <sighs> game. Jeremy's got no, his I fingers on the pulse of free of free software. So if you ever need to get free software, Jeremy will. Well, you can uh, at us, Jeremy. Let us know. Yeah. I got yeah. Uh, yeah. the Tomb Raider. Yeah, from those are free. Right yeah I got the Tomb Raider ones. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Free. I decided not to. Hmm. Having never played it, it can't hurt before. I figured. Yeah. Well, the least I can do is Subnautica put it in my and not play it. Of the sky. What in the hell is this? <laughs> so you know, a lot of people were complaining about Subnautica, and they couldn't deal with the fact that you're going down into the depths, and there, there's darkness, and you know that's sort of terrifying. So they made one for uh, Acrophobes. So now you're going to be flying around the skies. <laughs> Acrophobes. Right. Oh, all right. You, but you I guess Acrophobes as well. Canadian uh, speak. But open spaces would get you in either of these games. But it looks like the sort of Subnautica style uh, craft and survival game, as opposed to like one of the hardcore ones like Rust or that, where you're spending a lot of time. It says it's going to have about a 30 hour uh, campaign. And the 
the shots show some familiar stuff, like running around and scanning stuff and uh, disassembling various pieces of uh, your surroundings, assumedly, so that you can build new doohickeys, because you get your own airship to tootle around in, which, of course, is going to be upgraded as you're playing. It looks relatively pretty. Um, and it's going to have at least some little bit of a story to it. But, uh, yeah, and there. Hey, look, it's a brand new virus or Looks disassemble like a door or stairway. Just flying. A lot of walking involved here. Yeah, they'll be walking. Well, there's walking in Subnautica, too. That's true. So, yeah, there's very little about it right now. Uh, it does look very, very similar, though. So, should be interesting mm. when it comes out. Cool. Well, that's nice. <clears throat> we have an actual review. A. Review done by the only person who ever writes anything for this site, namely Sebastian Cornelius Peak. Yeah, not many people know that my middle name is actually Cornelius. And they do now. Everybody knows now. And your social security number is. <coughs> yes, <coughs> that is correct. If you're right, you win a prize. My identity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thought you said and it was all the debt. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say that yeah. is bundled with it. Not yeah. much of a price. Uh, I'll just go over this quickly. Go to pcper.com and look at the reviews page, and you'll see this ThinkPad P15 Gen 2 mobile workstation review. This is big. This is a big 15.6 inch laptop. It's thick. It's not ashamed of it. It's it's big and it's beautiful. It's six and a third pounds of computer. It's got the highest-end uh, NVIDIA RTX A5000 mobile workstation GPU in it. Uh, that is one model higher than the A4000, if you're keeping score at home. And uh, it has a price tag to match. If you spec this one out as this one is equipped, let me find where I put the price here. It is at CDW right now for $5,381.99. <laughs> Josh, this is an Apple workstation. This isn't just a laptop computer. Josh, drink, 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 drink. Got an M1 in it? It doesn't need an M1. You could spend thousands on an Apple MacBook. I'm insulted. I'm insulted. You should be. Or you could buy this. It has ports galore. It's got. You know what? I will point out one thing about the design of these things that I don't particularly like. Look at the. Look how many vents there are on the bottom. This thing relies on airflow from the bottom and has these like two side vents as well to exhaust warm air but you'll choke this thing out if you actually put it on your lap so don't do that you need to put this on the table and in fact uh if you're doing any serious work you wouldn't want it on your lap anyway i'll skip past stuff like how the display looks to me and the anti-glare coating and blah 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 you can expand actually a lot of expansion though i will mention there's, is this a 4K 4K display? No, it is available with 4K. For some reason, our, our configuration that was loaned to us by Lenovo had a, f a FHD display, just a full HD 1080p display in it. Huh. This thing has four memory slots. Two are populated from the factory. It's got three M.2 slots, one populated from the factory. has the fast, like, modern uh, Intel Wi-Fi chip, the AX210. I was a little concerned about the SSD at first because I'm not familiar with Kioxia, or however that's pronounced. It's Toshiba, I think. It's Toshiba. It's just Toshiba. I didn't know that. And it's really fast, yeah. actually. The SSD is very good in this. But here's a, a teardown picture. I could not get mine apart all the way. I, I was 
dealing with these plastic snaps and things like I, I'm not breaking this. I got to send this back. I'm not breaking it. So I, I took this picture from a YouTube teardown I linked to. And it's got a pretty beefy cooling solution. And if you look carefully, just to the left of those sodium slots, that is a card slot. The A5000 GPU is a card you can actually replace. Huh. So if you bought one of these with a lower end GPU, you have an upgrade path that's probably as much as, you know, a laptop to buy the new GPU card, but you could potentially do it. But here's here's the problem. This is a current laptop that you can buy, which means it doesn't have 12th gen Alger Lake mobile in it. Those are coming next month. So it's an 11th gen. And 11th gen Core i9s do not run very cool. If you want performance out of them... Now here's the thing. This is a Core i9-11950H. I looked it up on intel.com. I'll go to the page right now. The configuration of this thing is supposed to be Configurable TDP down 35 watts. Configurable TDP up 45 watts. Okay. This one was thermal throttling like crazy every time I ran any kind of all-car workload. It was hitting immediately 100 (laughs) degrees on the package. and The the average core temp was like 93 to 95. And as you can see, this pale orange yellow line was rising if the test hadn't stopped that would have been 102 i actually got a maximum of 102 on this and it's supposed to be like it's supposed to cop top out at 100 so this thing thermal throttle is like crazy and you can see like just over the course of time the clock's dropping how, how did it sound while you were it, it doesn't it's not it. that loud but it should be it should be louder because <laughs> yeah. you, you can't put enough fans yeah. in this thing <laughs> So uh, here's the here's another test I started. I didn't finish this. I was doing a, a I had done some video capture of a capture card review I'm working on. And I was trying to convert it cuz you can't import MKV into DaVinci Resolve with I don't know if there's some plugin, but I need to convert it to MP4. And immediately if you look down here it was hitting 101 102 degrees. But look at the package power. 63.5 watts. What's going on here? This is supposed to be oh my gosh, a 45 watt configured up. <sighs> the PL1 on this is 66 watts. PL2 is 109. That's normal. That's just a, you know, a you, few seconds. You you could you could really warm a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> this thing is so hot. Yeah. I the any surface it was on when I was running tests like this got really hot, like uncomfortably hot to the touch. And the bottom of the laptop was boiling. I did not do any skin temperature. I should have with an IR thermometer, but it's it really hot. You'd be in the hospital now if you were running on your lap. And I went into the BIOS. I'm thinking, oh, maybe this is configurable. There's a CPU settings page in the BIOS, this is system setup. And there's one option on the entire white screen. And it's just a toggle for hyperthreading on or off. Under the power settings, though, uh, I mentioned here, there were some, there was one called adaptive thermal management, and you could choose maximize performance, balance was another option. It was set to balance on battery by default, maximize performance for AC. That's what you would expect. You could put it on balance for AC power and not get this as bad. 
There's even a cool and quiet on lap option, which is left off. Sure. That's why it was. Sure. That's why it was so warm. But uh, anyway, you can look at the review for like performance numbers and things. But and even the GPU was a little bit disappointing because, like every Nvidia mobile GPU, you can configure these to different power limits. The A5000 can be configured up to 140, 140 watts. This one is a 100 watt implementation. And it's got slower memory. I thought this was supposed to have 14 gigabit per second memory, and it's only 12. So a lot lower memory bandwidth than I was expecting for this GPU. You can actually game on it. It's equivalent to a desktop 1080 Ti. Sure. On a mobile <laughs> workstation. Yeah. It's not bad. It's supposed to have around... Your desk on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's the big problem. Here's the SSD. is pretty fast. 64, mm, nice. almost 6,500 megabytes per second reads, over 5,000 writes. Wi-Fi was really fast on this. It's the first Wi-Fi card I've ever tested with my router that hit 80 megabytes per second in transfers. Usually get about 66 to 68. So well, battery life is okay. It's not, your base. it's not your base station. You know that now. Yeah. Battery life, okay. Like three and a half hours doing your, your mobile, like modern office or video tests. Only 46 minutes on the gaming test, which you would expect. Ooh. It's just hot. It's it's it runs so warm that I would never order this with the Core i9 10950H. It's it's ridiculous. 65 watt implementation. What's going on, guys? 45 watts max. That's my review. You know, I just <clears throat> I can, I can see that just because of the way that my job would handle that. Uh <clears throat> We have our laptops that sit on the desk and they're attached to a dock and you do dual screen monitor and whatever kind of stuff. You probably wouldn't care how hot it got in that situation because this is, I think this is kind of what, you know, I'm I'm not trying to suck up to Lenovo, but I see the use case scenario that we have. Uh, with my regular job, not this place, is, you know, you have a laptop that you plug into a dock and then you take that home and you plug it into a power supply and you have it sitting in your desk. And most people don't even take their laptops home, but it's just, you know, sometimes the job requires you to be able to be a little bit more mobile. And so in this case, you can kind of see a use case where it doesn't matter. Good or bad, it's 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 kind of the modern workplace. People would rather have a laptop that they ignore for ninety five percent of the time, but then they, they need to take it somewhere. It's there, as compared to just having a desktop box, mm. which will suck three hundred watts of power. You know, I don't know. It's 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 not a great solution. It's not for everyone. But uh, it's certainly one where you really have to look at your work case scenario. Am I out of line here, or is that? I don't think so. It, this one only pulled two hundred watts from the wall. Yeah, so there's that crazy stuff. Well, it's it's cool that you got um, you know the ability to review this laptop. It's nice, and uh, yeah, go read that up. Uh, look at the screen. Look at all the ergonomics. Look at that. Key- how how'd you like the keyboard? It's a ThinkPad. If you if you know yes. modern ThinkPads, then you'll 
you'll know this keyboard. It's, I, I, in the review, I helpfully described it as the keyboard feels like a modern ThinkPad keyboard, which is the only way I can think of to describe it. <laughs> so is it good or bad? It's good. Now, people who it know. has a numpad. Okay. It's a full-size keyboard with a numpad on the right. That's, what, that's what we need. Amen, brother. Uh, Amen. In your laptop. Numpad. Uh, you know what? Guess what time it is. <laughs> what time is it? Time to drink from the fire hose? It's, it's hump day. <laughs> What time is it? Yes, it's what always day hump day when we do this. It is. No, it's uh, it's time for picks of the week, and I'm here for first one. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you lead us my off? My child on that? is uh, he's rough on things, rough. And in the past, I have talked about Easy SMX having some really robust headphones that sound pretty good for the price, and then Tronsmart. Uh, they they had some really good products for for you know plug in and that but those guys have all gone to like wireless and so these you know 25 to 30 dollar uh, headphones that 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 you know really can take a beating but still sound pretty good they're gone from those guys so now i had to go to one audio one audio not one audio but one audio and they make another, you know, $29 base product, 40 millimeter headphone, you know, which speakers, they're robust. They, you can beat on them. They just work. They sound okay. But for $29, what do you expect? I mean, it looks nice. They're comfortable. They, they seem to absorb sweat okay. They got a detachable headphone. I don't know what, you know, do you expect out of, of these things, but they're Look, inexpensive. $5 coupon. Yeah. $22.99. Yeah. 20, $28. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. And, and you can get them by the 25th if you order today. And, I mean, they're, they're sharp looking. They sound fine. And if you have a child that abuses things, <laughs> these are fantastic headsets for them. Oh, I see. This is the all analog version. There is a yeah. There's a there's USB, USB stuff in office, more. and yeah, a few dollars more, not much, but so yeah, that was analog, and and they 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 work fine. Quality is reasonable. They're robust. They're not, you know, they don't feel chintzy. So, yeah, uh, you can find some good values out there. And uh, while they are not high-end audio, they're good enough for most things. Jeremy, what you got? uh, I'm going to stick with something like you've got. Good enough for most things and relatively inexpensive. (laughs) At least it is right now, as long as you grab it quick. Uh, it's uh, an Asus AC7750 uh, Wi-Fi range extender that also works as a repeater or a med- uh, access point or a media bridge. But currently in Canada, you can grab this thing tonight for $26. Or it's, it's Right now it's $40, but there's another $13 off with a promo code. So that is just cheap if you've got a little bit of a, a Wi-Fi problem or you've just come to the realization as many of the people I work with do that if you don't have line of sight to your router, you're probably going to have a bad time in a video call. Uh, so 
a nice brand new one of these will run you a hundred bucks, 120 bucks. It's, you know, if you really, really need it, sure. Go ahead and pay for it. But for 26 bucks, it is just about perfect. You can almost, you know, set it up so that it might even get a little bit rained on just so you got stuff in the backyard and not really care because that's a damn good price. Right. Well, American bucks. versions slip only a couple of bucks more. Burger. Yeah. I think they're about 35 Brett, there. What you got? I think I've picked this one before, and I think uh, maybe Sebastian picked up a set of these, but these are the Audio Technica ATH 8500X open back headphones. And they've got two styles here at uh, one of my favorite Mac uh, shops that happens to sell a bunch of audio gear on the side. Uh, they've got a refurb there for $39 and the uh, limited quantity at $99 of the Audio-Technica ATH-8500X <clears throat> headphones. A little bit of a, a I can definitely say that um, I'm a fan of Audio-Technica's headsets uh, from a from a sound quality and a general, this, these are comfortable. Um, I'm going to check with Sebastian here a second just to ask him. These are the set. This is a set that no. you bought a while back, nope. right? They or, had no? a deal on the AD 900X oh, for like 69 okay. bucks or something like that, I think. Okay. But these are good. And the 500Xs are good. I've had 700Xs for a long time. Right. The difference, I think, in these, because they're all kind of the same look. Yep. They have the same 53 the, millimeter drivers. Might and be the carrier, to like, the, the headband is very yeah. similar as well. Yep. It's the same. I think the difference becomes uh, driver selection and matching, kind of like with Grados. But I could be wrong about that. You're getting well, the again, same sound are, signature with all of them. Yep. And I, I like a closed back headphone, but there are certain people who like the openness and the airy nature of an open back headphone. And if they're not around people, that they're not going to be bothering. And, you know, this is this is cool with them. I, the sound is good. I mean, I like the sound of an airy open headphone, but often I can't run them because there's people around. I mean, I, these are audio technicas as well. I like them a lot. So I like their sound. They've got a good signature. They're very comfortable. I haven't had one with the kind of the split um, headrest piece that, that those have, but I know you have as well. And they, you find them. You've told me they're very comfortable. Yeah, because it's it. They just sort of float over your head. It's huge. There's a big band up. There's two of them up there, kind of like antenna yeah. on the top of your head. But they're very light and comfortable. And the driver positioning is interesting with them because it's a big soft pad against your face. It's a velvet pad. It's very comfortable. But the driver inside is actually angled slightly. So you don't get that kind of uh, sound in the middle of your head with these. It does sound like it's it's more in front of your face. So it is a little bit closer. Between the fact that they're angled drivers and open back, they do sound a little bit more like speakers in the room than just a pair of headphones. That's why I've always liked the open back, but I can't often wear them because, you know, you get a lot of sound leakage, of course. Yeah. There's, and yeah, you've exactly. got you've got a rowdy household. I mean, those those kids are jumping on the beds all the time. So it's awful. Constantly. And plus, he likes Constantly. that slamming bass. You're not going to get that with these. No. You know, you're not going to get that with these. That light, gonna, airy sounds. You, you get a good stage. Very good stage. Very open. Yeah. Um, but anyway, at the refurb price of $39 is a real steal for these. So the $99, maybe a little, maybe a little high. I know I'm a subscriber to their mailing list. I believe the $99 one is $69 if you're a subscriber. Um, but either way, you know, take a look at these. If you need a set of higher quality headphones, no mic, but you can always get a mic or get a cord with a mic built in. I converted, you know, this mm. one to have a mic. Oh, I mm. see. I don't, nice. I don't use it, but I use this one, but 
I'm looking at Amazon. It's it's seventy nine nine uh, seventy nine dollars on Amazon for the eighty five hundred X's. So it is Oscar cheaper. Price. It is to get the refurb by far. They have good deals on yep. refurbished stuff at OWC. And the one that I bought, Jeremy, by the way, Jeremy. was a factory refurb. It came in an Audio Technica box and everything. Yeah, I think that's what oh, they're nice. selling. I think they're they're selling factory refurbs there. Good deal, forty bucks. Yeah, it is. High quality headphones, gotta love them. Sebastian, do you do you have a pick? No. This has been the PC Perspective Podcast, episode number six hundred and sixty. We thank you for your patronage, and we hope that you have a fabulous week. And join us yet again next week for six hundred and sixty-one. If we all survive that long.